0: Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name is Simeon. I was a teacher for eight years. I worked in primary schools in year one, two, and year three, four. I was a maths lead and RE lead. And later on in my career, I was a student teacher mentor. And it was one of my favorite things. And that's why I'm so happy that I get to work at Twinkle in the Trainee Teachers and ECTs segment and help trainees and ECTs go into the classroom feeling confident.
1: And hello, my name is Ashley. I am also a former primary school teacher. I worked predominantly in Key Stage 2 in the years four and five, but I also have experience as a one-to-one LSA in a variety of years across primary schools. And I just love being able to help you guys, whether you're a trainee or an ECT, go into that classroom feeling confident,
0: Now today's show is all about what to expect on your training year if you're starting teacher training this September. So there are a variety of courses and ways you can get into teaching and we're going to do our best to give you a general overview.
1: If at any point you want to speak to us about the specific course or route that you are taking, then please let us know on any of our social media accounts. We're on quite a few. We are on Facebook and you can find us at Twinkle Trainee Teachers or our Twinkle ECTs and NQTs page. We also have two groups which are more community based and you can pop a question on there and we can help you but also the other members of the group can help you and they are at Twinkle Trainee Teachers and the Twinkle ECT and NQT support group we are on Instagram at Twinkle Trainee Teachers we are on TikTok at Twinkle Trainee Teachers we are also on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle and this podcast will be going out on all podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music
0: Okay, well, it's the day after the hottest day ever. And (laughs) uh, I think I should start by saying well done to any ECTs who are still working in the classroom this week. You've been absolute troopers and heroes to keep going with this heatwave. And I hope you've had a fan. I hope you've
1: had (laughs) a fan or aircon, something.
0: I, I hope so. Um, so there are lots of different routes into teacher training, as we said at the top of the show, and we're going to do our best in this show to give you our overview so you know what to expect. We'll try and get this show out to you in summer so you can listen to it and feel a bit more prepared if you're starting your training in September.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so to give you a bit of a, a general idea, to begin with, whatever route that you do, um Apart from the assessment only, as that is what its name is, is assessment only, you will be going into university to begin with. So you will be getting seminars and lectures and maybe some hands on experience of different lessons and they will be talking to you about the word pedagogy and that will be a word that you will just constantly hear throughout the year because it's how children learn and that is what the job is as a teacher is to help the children learn and absorb the information that you are giving them. Um, So with me I did a schools direct which is slightly different to the PGCE route that Simeon did.
0: Yep that's my one.
1: Yep. So I still had, my first week was still in university, but then after my first week, I went straight into the school, but I wasn't teaching. I was just observing the other, my mentor and the class and different things in the school. But I was mainly based in the school and then went to university once a week to have that theoretical knowledge. But a PGC was slightly different, wasn't it, Simeon?
0: Yeah. So, You would expect a good few weeks before you're going into school on a PGCE and you'll get a form tutor, a tutor group. The first week I remember was a lot of lectures sort of prepping us on assignments and what to expect. I remember getting two fairly large course handbooks with all the dates in and I really put those on a calendar would be a top tip for me, especially assignment dates And I wouldn't just put when they're due, I'd put when you're going to start working on them
1: yeah and I think the assignments can be one of those things once you see the title they can be quite overwhelming I remember looking at them and thinking I don't know where to begin I don't even know what some of these words mean and they can be a little bit scary to begin with but trust us this year is jam-packed and you will know what you're writing about when it gets to the time of those assignments so yes get organized but also don't fret too much
0: Oh yeah you will you will know your stuff and you'll pick it up quickly and these courses are designed to get you through the year and to give you the best possible grounding for your education career the thing with assignments is some will just be paper assignments on a PGC and some you will actually need to complete in school. Mm-hmm. So I would just to start with just get an idea of which ones do you actually need to do some work in school. Uh, I remember we had one where we just had to kind of follow a child around, as strange yep. as that seems, and sort of observe what they did and write down our thoughts on it. But that was the assignment. But obviously, you could only do that while you were in school, so you had to think ahead a bit.
1: Yeah, another thing alongside... Your assignments is I remember having to um, create an evidence folder so I would have to on my placements I would have to get quite a few of the policies and print them off to show that I've, I've understood them such things like safeguarding knowing who the safeguarding lead is what the process is for that having that in a folder I also needed to print off lesson plans and my reflections and any observations and things so that was quite a big bulky folder that I just kept adding to every week Again, with that, try and keep on top and organized of that because that is is basically your university mentor will look at that to see if you have gained the experience you should have on your placement. And it's very easy to fall behind with that So try and find either a day of the week or maybe after school every day of printing off the things that you've done and putting them in, but just try and get organised with it because you don't want to have to go back over weeks and weeks and weeks and trying to find the evidence for things. Try and stay on top of it.
0: Yeah, and I remember people had several large folders for all the documents and actually those wheelie suitcases became a bit of a thing on my PGCE. You just see people trundling those around and you think, oh, okay, teacher training, fair enough. Yeah.
1: For me, it was a bag for life. One of those huge ones. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The
0: other thing you might want to think about is getting acquainted with the library because Um, from my experience say there were about 200 people on my PGC it was a fairly large uni and there's only so many books you need for your assignment Mm. so you you want to think about well when am I actually going to check those out and do the reading because if you leave it too close to the assignment there's going to be a run on those books and it's going to be lots harder to get them.
1: Yeah no 100% definitely get acquainted with the library. It will be your lifesaver when it comes to those theoretical assignments. Another thing for me is that I would be having a look over and becoming very familiar with the teaching standards. They are going to be the backbone of everything you do in your placements as you will be wanting to show evidence that you are Um, doing and matching every one of those teaching standards. So if you can become familiar with them and you know them like the back of your hand, that will help you um, when it comes to your planning and different things, just to show um, that you are meeting everything you need to.
0: And if you also know which key stage you're going to be working in, having a look, at, especially if you're on the primary route, having a look at the English and maths curriculum is highly advised. And if you're on the secondary route, obviously looking at the curriculum for your specialism, but I'm sure you would be doing that anyway.
1: Yeah. But again, don't don't stress yourself out too much in the six weeks holidays. Just In preparation, you don't need to be reading through the curriculum and knowing every single point of it. You will learn as you go. Um, But just having a bit of an idea of of what you're going to be coming across or different things, or especially if you do have a look and you know that you really don't know something on there, you really have no idea what it is, trying to refresh yourself a little bit. But again, you're going to be given all of this information. You're going to be given all this support. So don't worry yourself if you are starting in September um, and feel like you need to revise. Y- yeah, You don't.
0: And they, they do start you easy and ramp it up quite nicely. Um, Ashley, you bring up a really good point here because there's a difference between feeling prepared and and stressing yourself out. So there's a difference between thinking, okay, I'm going to take a look at the curriculum just so I have an idea what's there to, okay, I have to memorize the curriculum, yeah. otherwise I'm going to fail my course, which isn't true at all. There's a difference between thinking, okay, I'm just going to go to the library and check out a book. So I know where it is. I know how that works to thinking, okay, I'm not going to get the books I need. You know, uh, I need to get them now. Yeah. Um, so I, I just do do little things to prepare yourself put you ahead of the game you know getting your dates on the calendar seeing the library having a look at the curriculum that will really help you but you don't need to stress that's the last thing you need
1: yeah no i mean f- for me personally it, it it helped me to do little bits and i remember looking at grammar that was just one thing that I hadn't been taught. I hadn't really thought about since I was in primary school myself. And there was all these things like adjectives and adverbs and all these different things that I wasn't really sure what they were. So I just spent a little bit of time over the six weeks getting to grips with those, but I wasn't memorizing. I wasn't writing out my own example sentences or anything like that. I was just Thinking that is a weakness of mine that I can slightly work on, but I'm not going to worry myself too much. And that's what I would advise you guys do.
0: That's a really nice approach. Another thing I would say that I found beneficial on the PGC route is because there were a lot of other students going through the same thing that was a really nice place to make friends Mm. and then later when we were all lesson planning we could help each other and when we were job hunting we could help each other so don't feel guilty for socializing and spending some time making friends because those relationships will really come in and help you professionally later
1: yeah and having making friends on your training year can be a fantastic way of getting a lots of different tidbits of information about different experiences because you might be on a course of people who are in a different key stage to you on their first placement and you might be able to talk and understand a little bit before you might go into that key stage on your next placement so it's great to converse and to get information and it's also great to compare and to help each other on your assignments. so yes definitely try and make friends.
0: Right, I think we should move on to the thing that sometimes people get a bit fixated on the actual going into schools and what that's like and how much will you be teaching at the start and all of those questions. Do you want to start off on that one, Ashley? Yeah,
1: so hopefully you should know who your mentor is before you start. I did. I had an email from them just introducing themselves and letting me know what time I should go, I should be at the school in the morning. Others might not. You might just turn up and get shown your mentor, but it'll be a great way to try and introduce yourself in a a professional way. And most probably to begin with, you are just going to be observing the class. So you are going to be there to support the teacher. You might work with a small group. You might be handing out the worksheets. You might be doing all of those things, but just trying to get familiar with the school, with the children, getting to know them and their abilities and where you're going to be pitching your lessons. When it comes to the actual teaching, though, again, it starts off slow. So don't worry that you're going to be thrown in and you are just going to be teaching lesson after lesson after lesson. It doesn't begin like that. It will build up, but slowly and comfortably for you.
0: Yeah, quite often mentors will ask you, you know, what are you comfortable with? And they won't push you too far outside your comfort zone. Uh, I would advise having something like a story that you're comfortable reading the children if you want to get stuck in right away. Just stuff like that will really help establish you with the class. Um, there's, I mean, there's loads of things you can do that aren't full on teaching that are really helpful, like learning the children's names, just Mm. sitting with a group and sort of getting involved, offering to help the TA, offering to help the teacher, you know, doing bits of um, cutting, laminating, maybe the teacher will let you do a bit of marking. All those things will stand you in really good stead long term.
1: Yeah, and don't panic if you are really nervous because that is normal. Some people can go in and just be completely confident right off the bat. But I know for me, I was really quite nervous about it. I was even nervous to interact with the children. I started, my first placement with, with was in year six. So I was quite daunted about these big primary school children that I was almost wanting to impress because I wanted to have conversations with them. But I was really daunted about that but that was normal so don't worry if you're if you're a bit nervous
0: yeah and i'll say i um, one one not mistake but one thing i've seen trainees do sometimes that um my head teacher was never that keen on was sometimes especially with the older children they'll get a bit too pally mm-hmm. so what you want to aim for is friendly but at all times professional and be careful with banter and things because sometimes children will want to, to have that with you, but they might not understand jokes and it might not always be appropriate. So I, I would play it on the side of being that bit more professional to start with until you get to know the teacher and know the class and kind of know what level is acceptable because it's easier to, to loosen up a bit than it is to start loose and try and pull it back.
1: No, definitely. A hundred percent. And, and you, what Simeon was saying before about what you might be getting involved in, you might then start to think about um, being in charge of the starter or being in charge of the plenary at the end. You might want to do one activity and one thing, but that is something that you and your mentor will discuss. And like Simeon said, you'll be asked if you are comfortable to do that. But I would say you want to be trying to push yourself slightly because it's very easy to say, oh, no, I'm not quite sure. I don't really want to do that. But the way that we learn is through doing. And I think trying to get yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and trying to push yourself and, and to do different things in the class, it would be great.
0: Yeah. And we've all had that moment where we've stood up in front of a whole group of children and it's just not gone well for us. You know That that is just something that happens and every teacher will have experienced it.
1: Yeah. And no matter how prepared you are, you will probably be nervous as soon as you stand up there and you know that you've got to do this thing. So doing short, sharp activities might be easier for you to get used to standing in front of the classroom and commanding the room.
0: Yeah. And that's a skill in itself and it will take time to develop. So, you know, just be kind to yourself, recognize that that is something that some people come to very naturally and other people, they actually work on it like a skill and it's step by step, but they always get there.
1: Yeah, they do. And part of the PGC or the teacher training courses, whichever one you might be doing, are the reflections. So I know that on the course I did, I had to write out a physical reflection of each lesson. And it'd be things I did well, things I would like to work on. And that to me was really great that it was physical. But if you don't have to do that in a physical way, you might want to do that in your mind anyway. You might want to be thinking about what you did well and what you would like to work on and discussing those with your mentor. Because if you are hard on yourself, you might not look at the things that you've done well. You might only concentrate on the negatives or things that you want to improve. And having someone externally watch your lesson and having a different viewpoint is huge. The amount of conversations I had with my mentor where I was like, this didn't go well, this didn't go well, I wasn't happy with this. And they went, actually, that was really good. You're being harsh on yourself there. No, I like that. That was really good. So trying to reflect, like Simeon said, being kind and just thinking, okay, what next? And if you've got that mentality, you're going to go far.
0: That That's a really good, what next? I like that a lot. Um. I think I'll talk about planning a little bit, but you know, you're not you're not going to be planning lessons right away. Okay, but it is something that can freak people out and there there are some reasons for that. I think the number one thing that doesn't get talked about with trainees and it should be explained to them is lots of schools even in a local area will have different approaches to planning, different schemes they use, and some teachers may just expect you to know how to plan coming in And it's not unreasonable to ask a teacher, well, how do you do it at this school? Would you mind walking me through your process? But some trainees are very scared to do that for fear of looking like they've not been taught correctly or they're not knowledgeable. Um, If I was getting a job at a new school, even now, I would probably ask them what's their process like for
1: planning. Yeah, 100%.
0: And um, the other thing I'll say is quite often on courses I've seen the university will have a lesson planning format that students have to fill in i don't did you have something like that yeah yeah
1: especially for the first placement it it dropped off a little for the second but yeah first placement
0: and that can seem really kind of pernickety and time consuming especially if the school has a scheme but the reason they want you to do that is so it's basically like you're explaining your thinking down Mm -hmm. on paper so when someone watches your lesson and things aren't quite as they should be or something needs adjusting, they can see the thought process that went into this. And by putting your thought process down on paper over and over again, you are going to refine it and it's going to make you better to a point where you don't need it anymore. It's, it's almost like I don't want to be kind of – I, I the word that came into my mind was training wheels. I don't mm-hmm. want to yeah. like, sell, sell short what it is because it's a high-level skill, but it is like a good way of practicing your thinking.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's like similar to driving a car, isn't it? When you first get into that car, you're thinking about every step that you are having to do. As soon as you've sort of become comfortable, you do things on autopilot and you can just drive a car without even thinking about different things. And it's the same with lesson planning. And it's also a great tool, those descriptive lesson plans that you have to do um, to begin with, is it's a great way to identify certain aspects that might not have worked or you might want to improve instead and it's quite specific so you can pull out little things and you can try and think okay how can I better that so they are long and they do take time and you quickly want to go on to the school planning I know I did but keep going with it it is there for a reason
0: yeah and I have seen trainees get so much better through that process it does work even though when I was a training, I found it very frustrating. Yeah, yes,
1: yeah. No, it, it was a long time because you, you were doing the lesson plan that took a while. Then you were preparing resources. If you had to do PowerPoints or or different sort of things to go on the whiteboard, it can, t- it can take a while um, to plan and resource lessons. But it is one of those that gets easier. You get quicker at it. And eventually, towards your second placement, you can then drop onto the school's planning, which in some cases is quite significantly different and shorter. It was for me.
0: Absolutely. Um, Because established teachers do not have time to do all that.
1: Um, I think we should talk a
0: little bit just about kind of key people you want to know and develop good relationships with. So obviously, you'll probably have a university mentor or a, a form leader as well as a in-school mentor and that could be on several placements so on a PGC you might have two placements so you get two different mentors and we we even had a C placement which was only three days and we we sorted those out ourselves
1: yes I had a couple of the I had a C and a D I had no and an E I had three shorter ones I had one at high school because it, it was the transition one to see where the children were going to I had one at an inner city school because a lot of my placements were in rural areas. So they wanted me to know what it was like to be in a school um, that was quite significantly better. And then I also had one in a nursery setting to see where the primary school children were coming from. So, But they were all short less than a week or a week at max.
0: That's really interesting, Ashley. You'll want to develop a good relationship with these people as as quickly as you can and get on with them. Um, People in school, you generally always want to stay on the good side of the head teacher. You want to know the Mm senko; They'll be a really important person to know. Um, Definitely the secretarial, uh, the office staff. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, everyone in school, (laughs) you want to treat politely, caretakers especially, because they'll quite often help you out if you need something or if your class has gone a bit mad with the glitter it helps <laughs> if you if you've got a nice established relationship which happened to me a few times
1: and also just a, it obviously depends on the size of the school that you're in but if there are any other teachers that are in your year you want to be establishing good working relationships with them as you might be sharing planning and doing different things you might need to be explaining the lessons that you're coming up with to them you want to have a nice relationship and if there's any other trainees in your school as well I know the last school that I worked at they had about four trainees in the school and they established a lovely little friendship group because they could talk to each other about the lessons. They could help each other. Does this make sense? Could you do this? Is this how you would do it? And that's a really nice way of, of getting that extra bit of support.
0: And I think I'll end with this. I, I certainly know it was true on the PGC. I don't know about Schools Direct, but generally the run up to Christmas sort of you had a nice easy start easing in uh-huh. and then there's a bit of a tough bit before Christmas and then after that it's kind of like you're over the hill yes. you're Christmas over the
1: Christmas is like the shining light of the year for me as soon as I got to Christmas I felt a lot better and it does get difficult just because the the percentage of what you are teaching increases it does slowly but yeah it, it can be tough because you are still having to do the descriptive lesson plans and all of that but the amount of lessons that you're doing it for is is a lot more
0: I think it's like you said after a certain point you just start doing things on autopilot and it all becomes easier but in that that first run-up you've got a lot of new things to learn in quite a short space of time
1: Yeah, you've got that. And also it's just for every teacher. Every teacher says the first term is one of the hardest because it's dark in the mornings. It's dark at night. You're not really having that much time to do things for yourself. You might be quite focused in on the placement and the run up to Christmas just in schools can be difficult. There's lots going on. There's plays, there's nativities, there's all these different things. It's lovely. And that week before Christmas is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it can be, and I think it's it's important to go in with that in mind and be realistic. We're not trying to freak anyone out. At the same point, I think it's important to you know just think. Well, I'm on a journey here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in in the first month and be the completed article. I mean, after eight years, I I didn't feel like a completed teacher. I still felt there was stuff I needed to work on and learn. Um, but you can go in thinking okay i'm going to get better quickly by christmas i'm going to have learned a lot and be able to do a lot i couldn't do before which is really nice
1: you will learn so much i remember being on my christmas holidays and looking back to the start of the year i couldn't believe how much i now knew i knew how to teach a lesson i knew how to plan a lesson i knew all of these key words that i'd never heard of before which i could then confidently explain about what they are so if you're at that point now where you're looking forward to doing your teacher training in September and you're thinking that you're never gonna like how are you ever gonna take on all of this information? It it does. You you do. It's quite incredible.
0: It is. And it really can be a transformational year. It was one of the best years of my life, actually, even though it was, you know, it was hard work, but I really enjoyed it. Um okay, that's great. I think what we'll do then is we'll give you our socials one more time. And if you do have any questions or concerns or anything you wanted us to talk about that we didn't quite get to, just let us know on social media and we'll reach out to you and try and help.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so to, I'll start off with Facebook again. So we have two pages on there, which are the Twinkle Training Teachers page and the Twinkle ECT and NQT page. We have two community groups, which again, is just a great way to share ideas or ask questions and get support from lots of people on there. And they are at the Twinkle Trainee Teachers Group or the Twinkle ECT and NQT Support Group. We're on Instagram at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. We're on TikTok, where we make lots of silly videos about teaching at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And we are on Twitter as well at the Trainee Twinkle, which is a great way Um, if you're not on Twitter already, please get on there because it's a great way to um, converse and find different teachers and get lots of support. And this podcast is going to go out on all of the platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Ashley. Um, And have a great summer, everyone.
1: Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.